everyone, it's Gloria, and welcome to Season 2 of Independent. Today, we are going on a little adventure. Camper van travel, or hashtag van life, if you will, has taken the internet by storm the past couple years, and van life has exponentially risen in popularity during the pandemic as people are still trying to get away, exploring their own backyards now more than ever. My guest today is building a camper van from scratch with her partner. We are going to be talking about their process, from budgeting and planning for it to making it happen and something she wishes she had known before starting to build. Hope you enjoy! I am here with my friend Sachiko, and today we're going to be talking about her journey building a camper van from scratch. So Sachiko, thank you so much for joining me. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? My name is Sachiko. (laughs) In the context of independent, I started off as an auditor, which explains why I'm so into money and then went on and became an accountant and then worked with Gloria actually as a fintech consultant and then decided that we, my boyfriend and I wanted to build a camper van. So that was uh, August 2019 when we're like, oh, is this something that we can do? Maybe let's think about it. And then in December, we're like, we should think about if this is something that we can do. And then we just did it. In January, we, we bought our truck. Oh my gosh, so you started in the winter time. Yeah, yeah, we started looking for the truck in the winter. We uh, put a deposit down in January and got the keys in February. It sounds like we're buying a house. <laughs> got the keys in February. <laughs> and that was that. And we've been building it up ever since. Nice. Yeah, when I came across your blog, I was like, that's awesome. Did you see my finance posts at the very beginning? Yeah, with your graphs and stuff. I was like, ooh. So accounting. (laughs) Yeah, I'll link the blog post of your budget versus actuals for your camper van expenses in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, you can click through and see the details. So my next question for you, what is your relationship with money? We're like diving in deep right away. Yep, I've got my water wings, so let's let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's dive in deep because I thought I had a normal relationship with money and I thought it was normal because I never thought about it until one day I just randomly was doing this guided meditation that started talking about abundance of money and I was like, okay, I'm getting deep into these thoughts and then all of a sudden I was like, "Oh wow, I hate money. I hate money so much." But then I couldn't realize why. And, you know, guided meditation lead me down some paths. And then I realized that there were actually three pretty key events in my life that uh, have changed and influenced the way I thought about money. The first one being when I was really young, my parents immigrated from Vietnam to Canada separately, and then they met here. But because of that, they didn't have an education. They've been working blue collar jobs their whole lives. And frankly, we just didn't have a lot of money growing up. And my mom and dad would always be like, oh, honey, like we got to go to work um, to make money, to keep us alive, survival mode. And 
they were like not at home because they were always trying to make this elusive thing and bring back this elusive thing called money. So not only the money take away my parents from me and me as a child's eyes, but we never had any of it, which means summer camp. I didn't even know that existed. Uh, never went skiing. I don't know. Did she go skiing as a kid? I went on like a couple school trips, but no, not regularly. It's definitely an inaccessible activity. <laughs> exactly. And considering we're like, in the north where there's so much snow but not really yeah (laughs) that was the first strike the second strike was i feel like a lot of people can resonate with this especially women growing up my mom and my grandma would tell me you need to marry a rich guy so that he can take care of you 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 shouldn't be busy working and like wrecking your hands and your skin you gotta look beautiful and let a guy take care of you because you can't make that much money in this world Yeah, definitely. I've heard that too. My life motto is be your own rich man or Or woman. woman. (laughs) And then the third one is kind of a little bit maybe TMI. So I'll give you guys Chico baggage light. I dated a guy. (laughs) It always starts starts with I dated a guy. (laughs) Yeah. Baggage, dated a guy. Um, One of the same. And he, he used money to use me in short. And so Mm -hmm. that was kind of like the third strike. And it led me to kind of be afraid of money because I'm kind of afraid to have it because it's like, oh, what if I have a lot of money and it ends up controlling me because it controlled me in the past? Or what if I have a lot of money and I end up controlling other people with it? So trying to still work through that, but it's, you know, acknowledgement and acceptance is the first step. So exactly, exactly. More than the first step. I think it's a, it's a couple steps in. That's so interesting. Do you budget? Oh, have you seen my budgets, girl? <laughs> yeah, I saw a little bit of it and I was like, wow, this is really intense. <laughs> I budget and I highly recommend that everybody budget and not just budget, but budget and review it every single month. And if you have the time and the capacity to review it every single paycheck. Yeah, that's a good call. There's a lot of tools out there now that help you track your spending. So that's definitely like a step in the right direction because it makes it a lot easier. Because I think for a lot of people, it's very off-putting because it's tedious. Exactly. At the same time, it's also very liberating. At first, you know, I was doing a budget for like a couple years, but I still wasn't saving any money. I still had no idea where my money was going. And it wasn't until I started reviewing my budget every single paycheck that I was saving. First, it was saving like 20% of my income. And then I was saving 30 and then 40 and then 50. And now some months I saved like over 60% of my income. Wow. That's so impressive. A goal for me is to save 50. And I mean, that's, that's, That happens sometimes, not always. Well, I also live in a basement unit and make lots of sacrifices, but it is what it is. You do what you got to do, you know, to to save that money. You know what? I see it as this is like stages of a video game. First level, I was in my condo, you know, nice and swanky downtown. I was living in the harborfront area on like the 26th floor overlooking the lake and it was beautiful Uh, moved to Bisha Hotel and living up that swanky life and and I was like why do I need all this space so then moved smaller and now even smaller and it's great because our next downsize is into a like two by four meter box (laughs) oh my gosh yeah exactly so you're like preparing yourself physically Mm -hmm. 
actually, actually, fun fact, the ceilings in my camper van is taller than the ceilings in this basement unit. No way. Oh my gosh. That's the ceiling. Well, I mean, soon you will be across the country. Well, whenever it's safe to do so, I guess. So let's talk about your building your camper van then. Why don't you start off a little bit about the background of camper vans, how they've gained popularity recent years? Because, I mean, now I'm seeing pictures of people living in their vans, like tiny house life, like camper van life. Camper vans have been gaining popularity, I think, for two reasons. One reason is kind of misleading, which is that people think that, you know, when you get into a camper van, there's this newfound freedom and it frees you from all of these mundane day-to-day things, which it kind of does, but it's not like your troubles go away. That's one thing. I feel like the youth nowadays feel so strapped down with having to save money to pay for a house that's like $1.5 million, having to choose a career and stick with it. Like those are all high pressure situations. The second thing, and I think this will resonate with people who are reading about climate change, who are considering reducing their eco footprints, which was what we were thinking. In 2013, I started scuba diving scuba dove every single year, got up to 65 dives or so and got my master diver, did a variety of training, super cool path and recreational activity to explore. But even in the short period of time that I was diving over the span of four years, I could see the change in the coral reef system. It was so shocking. I remember the first year diving, I would see patches of like beautiful blues, well, bluefish, blues and oranges and pinks and all of these colors. And then you would just swim past that patch and then you'd go to the next coral reef system and it was all just dead and white. It was like a boneyard, but coral. Mm -hmm. And as the years went on, there were more and more boneyards than alive coral reef systems and fewer fish and so that was very heartbreaking for me and hearing about all of these environmental issues going on right now just it sparked something in me to just consume less just consume just enough and it didn't it wasn't just about you know camper van life or environmental stuff it also kind of bled into my financials and you know me holistically as a person so I think good things came out of it (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So is that the main push for why you decided to build a camper van and travel around in it? The traveling part actually does not reduce your uh, your your carbon footprint by that much. It's probably the same as us living in this tiny, tiny basement apartment. But Really? Yeah, we did the math a little bit. Well, it depends on the distance you travel. Our original plan would have been a lot. Mm-hmm. What was your original plan? 35,000 kilometers. Is that like all around Canada and the US? Would have been go west to Vancouver, down to San Diego, further down to Mexico, and then come back up. Those are the outwardly points. Oh, wow. Dang. Drive down to Mexico. That's that's wild. It's beautiful. The climbing there is stunning and fantastic. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want to go. Yeah, you'd love it. Even the hiking there is just mind-blowing. 
Damn. Yeah. Honestly, when can we travel again? Honestly, just let me go anywhere at this point. I don't need to go to Mexico. Yeah. I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to your question, which was, you know, why did we choose to do the camper van? Obviously, a part of it is travel. Moritz is from Germany, but Europeans tend to like traveling because they're so close to all these other countries. And he wanted to also build a camper van. I also wanted to build a camper van because I traveled in a camper van in Iceland when I was visiting there in 2016. So it was kind of like the two perfect things. We are reducing our carbon footprint and we also get to see the world and we get to chill out for a whole year. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so awesome. So chilling out for a whole year. How did you budget for that? We looked at what we needed to build the camper. Then we looked at what we needed to survive for a year, plus saving for next year, because we have our savings goals. And I didn't want to sacrifice that for this trip. That might change though. Uh, And then using those two, we looked at how much we had compared all of them and spat out a number. Okay. And that number was $73,000. Really? Well, I guess for the two of us. For the two of you, including building, all does that include the van itself? Yes. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Considering the van is probably your largest cost, right? Mm-hmm. The van was we budgeted 14. We spent 13 on it. In terms of building materials and things like that, how much was that? How much has it been? <laughs> we budgeted $22,020. That's a lot. To build a camper van? Well, I have no context or idea of how much it actually costs. It just seems like a lot. I think my car costs like 22K. We bought a 2009 GMC Savannah. So it's a really old box truck. For context, if you're buying a brand new Sprinter van, Mm -hmm. it's going to cost you at least $55,000. Really? If you're building on top of that, easily another 20 grand if you're getting like really nice stuff and getting prefabricated stuff but we're building literally like the shower pan we built out of epoxy and Mm -hmm. fiberglass yeah i saw that (laughs) we saved a lot of money there and then they can go up to like the millions i would say on average if you get someone to build a camper van for you and it's a new vehicle you are easily spending 80 to one hundred twenty thousand dollars. really i had no idea That's crazy to me because I honestly thought that it was fairly cheap to do it. The materials aren't the expensive part. It's the labor if you get someone else to build it. Right. It has looked like a struggle from your YouTube videos. Yeah, like it's rough. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That was the story we were trying to convey. Right. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Like how it's actually been building your own camper van? Ooh. I would say equal parts, satisfying, fulfilling, proud, rewarding, and equal parts, frustrating. I'm going to rip my hair out. Tears. There were tears. There was, you see the scar on my, uh, it looks really light now, but um, this was taken out by the arrow when we were removing it from the back of the truck. Oh it just like, and took off a chunk of skin. Oh. But you know what? It was so worth it. Like I would say 50-50 is a pretty good ratio because in the 50% that sucked, we learned a lot. Mm -hmm. So it was well worth it. Wait, so are you finished it now? Almost? 90%. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah. Wow. So that took almost a year. We planned for longer. We didn't think we'd be this far along. Actually, I would say 80%. Let me take that back because I still have to make a lot of the textiles, like the curtains and the cushions and stuff. But I'll do that over the winter when I can't be outside. You can literally ride around without those things. So it's fine. That's what we've been doing. Just like taking it out without cushions and sitting on like (laughs) plywood. In terms of gathering materials to build the van, how did you know what exactly you needed and where to get it from? And like, what was a good price? I have to be really, really grateful for Boris right now. I mean, I am. I love this guy to death. And he is the smartest person I know. Um, He spearheaded all of the budgeting and planning for the materials and labor. I spearheaded the design and a lot of the online digital things, but he just, he just knows everything. There's nothing this guy doesn't know. It blows my mind that he, like he's doing electrical in the truck right now. So he did all the plumbing, all the electrical. He knew what type of materials we needed for everything. He researched a lot. That was key. And luckily in this day and age, when we do have YouTube, we had so many resources online that we could harness all these past builds from everybody from all over the world doing it their unique way. And that's actually what inspired us to do YouTube videos because we're like, we're going to do it totally different compared to anyone we've seen. And we think that we were so grateful to have this resource that we're like, hey, why don't we contribute to that community too? And that's where the YouTube channel came from. Okay, awesome. So what came first, the YouTube channel or the blog? I started the blog first because it's so easy. The barrier to entry for blogs is like zero now. YouTube's a little bit more complicated, like camera setup, light setup, figuring out audio. Like, you know, audio is a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some things that you wish you had known before starting this project? Insurance. Insurance was a pain in the butt to get because of the particular truck that we got. And it was quite expensive. We're paying almost the same as like our SUV. So if that's the comparison, it's not bad. But it was like nonstop negotiation for like a week to find somebody that actually wanted to insure us. Why is that? Well, it's because our particular truck is a commercial vehicle. Okay. And we are personal drivers. So now we have a commercial vehicle on a personal auto policy so it doesn't yeah it was just uh, annoying to negotiate that was pretty much it everything else has been pretty smooth sailing nothing that I was like wow this is a showstopper and I want to stop yeah well that's good so do you have any advice to people who want to build their own camper van just do it why not (laughs) I think what's stopping (laughs) I think what's stopping people is not their resourcefulness. I believe that everybody is smart and resourceful on their own. I know a lot of very smart and intelligent people that can build like way better campers than I could ever build. I also don't think it's a money thing that's stopping people. I think everybody, a lot of people I know, they're earning enough money to be able to do this, but they're unwilling to make the sacrifice because it's a little bit of, it's it's hard work. This is all very hard work. And I mean, just like, take the leap already. What's there to lose, right? You know, the first step was buying the truck. That's your huge commitment point. We got a used truck for like $13,000. Say we decided two months in that we're like, oh, we're in over our heads. We don't want to do this anymore. This was a bad idea. 
you can sell the truck back to the dealer and be like, hey, look, can we just give it back to you so you can sell it again and we'll take back half the cost? That's like, what, six grand split between two people, three grand, like, and you got a great learning experience out of it. You pay that much money in university. That's true. And I think that's a really interesting perspective. I don't think I would have looked at it in the same way. I mean, we grow up and think that university is something that we're expected to go to and the costs are almost irrelevant because it's considered an investment in yourself. But you're right. I mean, there's so many other things in life that can be just as good, if not better learning experiences, though I would still say that this is a lot of money to be dropping on a learning experience financially speaking it is a bit of a sacrifice because you are putting away money and you're channeling money into a different part of your life but just this is important to you if you want to build a camper van go and build that camper van so you can travel the world so you can achieve your dreams so you can have that freedom do you care in five years time that Joe Schmo over there was like, hey, man, you didn't come hang out with me and have beers and like go to the bar and spend like $500 on booze. Like in five years time, is that going to be important to you? No. What's going to be important is that you have all these great memories from taking this leap and traveling, I don't know, North America when all the borders open. And you have this newfound sense of freedom that you could be anywhere at any point. So. Mm hmm. Yeah. That sounds pretty great. And I think people can really afford anything. It's just a matter of prioritization. And it's like you have to make certain sacrifices to get to this one financial goal that you have. But I mean, in the long run, it'll be worth it if that's like your goal and that's like your priority. Another thing I wanted to bring up was we're seeing that a lot of young people are doing the camper van thing. But there are so many families that are also doing the camper van thing. If you look on YouTube, there are so many families are doing this alternative way of living. And like, what did our parents do in the past when they had no house, no whatever? They just made it work. So many tribes around the world, people around the world make it work with very little. People are going to look at me and be like, you don't have children. You can't speak to that. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to be taking my kids in my camper in the future. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's a will, there's a way. That's what I truly believe in. Yeah. So what is a key takeaway that you had from this experience? You never feel like what you want to be until you actually do the damn thing. We never felt like camper van builders. We never felt like YouTube stars. I don't want to use that word. (laughs) (laughs) Until we built camper vans and then people started coming up to us and being like, hey, you're the people like at work. Not obviously no one's coming up to us right now in COVID. (laughs) Um, and they're like, you're, hey, you're the people that build camper vans or, hey, you're Chico, you build camper vans, right? Let's talk about this. And so you slowly start to build up authority when you kind of enter that role. So you're never going to feel ready. It's never going to be a good time. And not until you actually just do it that you will feel like you are a camper van builder or like a world traveler. Yeah, I think that's really true. And Speaking as someone who really likes to be prepared and have a plan and know what's going to happen, I have realized that you're right. You will never really feel like you know exactly what you're doing, but you kind of just do it and figure it out along the way. 
but I would definitely say that the first step is the hardest for sure. But once you get the ball rolling, things will come. I will also add on to people who are thinking about this, but are very on the fence. Just think what's the worst that can happen. Really, really think about the worst case scenario of what's the worst that could happen. There's often a plan B. Like the example I gave earlier, you can sell the truck back. Or if you are trying to do the plumbing and that's really escaping you, you can always hire a subcontractor to do it for you. Like there's always a plan. There's always an answer. This is not rocket science. We can figure it out. You can figure it out. Yeah, that's a great attitude to have. Well, Sachiko, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure chatting. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun to get my story out there and I hope we were able to inspire some people. If you want to learn more about Sachiko's camper van building journey, you can find them at road-2-pitches.com or YouTube Road to Pitches. I will link them in the show notes. As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.